So, was it a nice dinner? What did they have? Um, we had a lot of cold cuts. Okay. We had, we had, uh, we had deli from... Um, How come they never serve hot cuts? I like my meat hot. Why don't they serve a plate of hot pastrami, hot corned beef? Well, you know, we did have... There was cold pastrami and cold... cold That's what cold cuts are. The cold cuts of meat. Make it hot cuts. Especially when like it's that. fatty meat like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if it's hot, it, the, the, the fat kind of drips off more, and you don't eat as much of it. Right. So, let's see, what, uh, and we had like a couple of, uh, we had some horse d'oeuvres. Uh-huh. We had, we had some, of course, we started with lovely uh, chopped liver. Ooh, okay, very nice. And and some egg salad, tuna salad. And it was all free. Yeah. Very there nice. was the brotherhood, the sisterhood, and the PTA. What, what do transgender people go with? Oh, <laughs> they don't... <laughs> The thinghood. <laughs> we're having a thinghood at our no, temple. No, they, they used to be either one or the other, and now they're a member of the other. They don't know which bathroom to use. They pee in the, the utility closet. No, they're one gender. They just move from one to the other. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, That's actually a pretty good question. Well, no, no, because... That was the smartest thing you, I think you've ever asked. No, the, no, well, many years no, actually, no, his question should have been about, what's, what's hermaphrodites, where do hermaphrodites go? So, so what, wait, what's the difference between transgender and a hermaphrodite? Oh, God. A transgender is someone who changes gender, <laughs> and a hermaphrodite has the sex organs of both genders. Oh, so there's like a genetic born kind of thing, you're born yeah. a hermaphrodite. Yes. Like, like, like Joe here. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It I mean, actually saves me time on Saturday nights. I can he just, has a I can vagina. Just, yes, I do. And you have one toy that fits both. Anyway, I don't even know what that you is. You gave that to me for uh, Christmas last year. Yeah, did you like it? It's only because you get tired of playing with him. Ew. That's very true. Joe's going to be on another radio station doing the primary stuff on Tuesday night. I guess. If you go to his website, I guess you can figure out. No, which actually, you, you can't. If you go to my but it's not <laughs> super there's nothing t- on there. Oh. It's not Super Tuesday yet. No, he's going to do primary. Why, why actually, is Tuesday it, important? It will be. It, it, actually, the, the New York primary is on Super Tuesday. It is one of no, the... No, it's on Super Duper Tuesday this Ooh. year. Tsunami Tuesday, or as I call it, February 5th. Aha. Uh-huh. So, so it's not this Tuesday. It's, it's a week it's from Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, excuse this me. Tuesday okay. is the Florida primary. Yes. Okay. Oh, I have... Well, Rudy Giuliani will finally lose and, and finally leave the race. Why is it so? Or not? Why do you hate him so much? I don't. I don't hate him. I just find him. You know, his entire campaign is based on a, a, a series of lies, essentially. Which are the well, Florida primary. What? No, oh. be, being the hero of 9/11, which ah. is obviously a crock. Right. If for anyone who knows about it. Well, that's not quite true. Well, he's also he has also Giuliani has put really his entire energy on Florida. He seems to think that if he somehow wins the Florida primary... Because all the old Jews are there. Right. That will springboard him to the national nomination. That well, has never happened before. No Republican since 1980 has gone on to receive the party's nomination without winning South That's Carolina. That's only 25 years ago. Okay, How, yeah. Well, Commissioner Wisdom tells us a lot. 27. John McCain won South Carolina this time. Yeah. You think McCain has the inside track now? I'm, I'm I not think he does. I think so. he does. I think McCain, of, of everyone running, has the most experience. Well, in a, in a prison camp. <laughs> no, yeah, you're probably right on that. That was cold. I know. I know. It was cold in the prison camp. <laughs> no, it was in Vietnam. It was actually quite cold. Yeah, you're right. I'm, uh, I'm just going for the joke rather than the reality, kind of like most of the candidates are. <laughs> so, but Jeff, what you, you seem to feel that Giuliani... Wasn't it wasn't just PR opportunity that Giuliani actually was? Yeah, Giuliani took control of nine eleven. 
unlike some people who got up onto a pile and said he was in control. Yeah, and also Maybe. for between the first attack on the World Trade Center in '93 and the second one in 2001, he did nothing to to protect it. So. He he is as much to blame for he put all the defenses in the well exactly that's kind of dumb right well and as also as a theater person and an arts person you must I guess object to what he did during the NEA years and, and bitching about the art and all that well, right, well that mother, no what was it uh, it was the the feast, the fecal yes. painting <laughs> yeah I love those really oh, crappy it, artwork it was it was a fecal it was like elephant dung Mary. Yeah, except the Mary, dung. elephant dung has a different connotation than it does here. They use it. I mean, it's, it's used for a lot of things over there. Yes. Over where? India. Over oh. there. No, Africa. Is that actually where it came? Oh, was it? Oh, was African dung? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, African just is elephants. They, you know, they'll use it for cooking, and that's about it. All right, let's get off the subject. No, 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 wait a minute. No, that, I'm making a point about Giuliani. Oh, no, well, it did, Giuliani, did, first of all, I think he did a very good job with the city of New York. Oh, with crime, he, absolutely. With crime, he, with the whole, he, he really oh, that got was a the, major thing. He, he, the city was in bad, like, disrepair and stuff. Like the beam cotch years, you know. Yeah. I like Mayor Well, Koch, no, not the cotch years. The Dinkins years did it, <laughs> Um, we we had a, a it, mayor it ran down under beam, and, and Dinkins kind of did this contract with the um, with the t uh, the tennis authority to build the tennis stadium, yeah. where he got like great seats for the rest of our lives, and the city of New York got a bill. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it turns out that it's a nice stadium, and it's always on TV, and it's become yeah, but a it's nice also been a very very costly. It was a boondoggle, all yeah. right, you know. And 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 he, and so Giuliani inherited a, a very bad economy. He inherited crime like crazy. Yeah. He created and, and don't confuse me with the Giuliani John Giuliani supporter. But his campaign is not built around 9/11. It's built around the fact that he was actually mayor of a large city. So he has the most experience because oh, he, he no no because he ran a government and he had for eight years. Yeah, or was it was it eight? No, eight. It was eight, eight. But um, as opposed to Obama, who has run. Nothing, and Hillary Clinton, who's been a senator and has spent her entire senatorial campaign Senate, campaigning for president. Historically, senators do not make good presidents. Governors do, mm. because governors are basically the CEO of the state, and the president is the CEO of the country. Interesting. Senators, you know, they and the mayor is the CEO of the city. So let me put it to you this way: You used to be a very, and maybe you still are, a staunch right-wing Republican. You're not uh, that right-wing, no, but you're no Republican now. now. You're still Republican or not? Registered so I can vote for Ron Paul in the primary. Yes. So Ron Paul is your guy, but if you were voting Democrat, who would you vote for? Obama. I would. I would go with Obama. Because? Why? Because I'm so tired of the Clintons. You oh, know, I don't. Yeah. I don't want. I do not want part two of the Bill and Hill show. The Bill and Hill. I like the Pil Bill and Hill show. The Obama said it's time for a change. You know, what we see he's thinking, everybody says, oh, yeah, it's time for a change, time for a change. I don't mind eight years of, of no, under, Bill under Clinton. Clinton. We did very well. You know, here's, here's the thing. I have news for you. Look at, look at where you were eight years ago. Were you better or worse off than you were eight the years ago? The old Reagan question. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Wh which actually was a Nixon question, which was... Well, was it a Nixon question? Of course was. So, uh, what were you going to say, uh, Joe? But are you better or worse off than you were eight years ago? Personally, I'm better off now. Uh, and who, do you think that's because of uh, the great president? No, I think well, it's because of me. Your skin cleared up and, uh, you know, the herpes went away. It was, uh, yeah. thanks, no thanks to you, Dave. I know. Uh, I th you know what? If you compare the Bush administration to the Clinton administration, obviously the Clinton, by comparison, looked better. Much. Just because we always look back to the older days. However, However, this was an administration that was under siege by paranoia. Uh, 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 the Bush administration. A president, a yeah. president who put politics uh, ahead of everything else. 
You know, everything he did was political. Who? Well, Clinton. that's what a politician does. No, he did certain things under the desk. I don't think we political that. at all. Listen, lest we forget the scandals. Not just Monica, but everything well, else. Well, the, the, Monica I was not a scandal. Monica was BS drummed up by the I Republicans. Do not, I do not want more of that. I would like to see Obama get the nomination and yeah. ultimately win. I think because I, I think a black president would do a lot of good for. That's why we talk about Dinkins becoming mayor of New York. Dinkins is an idiot, and he always was an idiot. This we're not talking about it. We're talking well, about yeah. The country, Obama's no idiot. No, he has a, no it's a, it's a very different experience. So what? Well, and I, I, Jeff and I have talked about this, but I'll, I'll make my one analogy. It's not about color. Do you really want it's someone who's been in Washington for thirty years? I don't want someone with that much experience. Yeah, but you know what happened? This is, I felt this way, and I think America felt this way, after Nixon and Ford. And they were like, God, let's just get all these horrible Republicans out of office. Nixon was a disaster for this He wasn't really in so many ways. But if you had, you weren't around. But the mood of this country was so poisonous, after, thanks to Nixon and after Nixon and what happened. And then Ford pardoned him, and it was just like, let's get a breath of fresh air. Let's get somebody really cool and young and well-spoken well, and smart. And who did we get? We got Jimmy Carter. Yeah. The worst president up until George Bush. Worst I'm, president in the past you know, 50 I'm, I'm years besides that, him. I'm happy that someone like you, who is admittedly you know, on the left, Democrat, yeah. and admits, admits that Jimmy Carter was a failure. He was. Oh, hello. He was a total failure. Yes. Yes, he was completely... His only... You know, Israel, Egypt, okay. Brilliant. Wonderful. Everything else, a disaster. But the, what I'm of course, saying is, now we know that he hates Israel and is an anti-Semite. You knew it then. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I'm serious about the point that we elected him specifically because he was a breath of fresh air and he seemed smart because and different. He was an outsider. He liked Bob Dylan. He he was like well spoken. He was uh, a scholar. It didn't. He was the wrong. I don't. I don't know if Jimmy Carter is the best example for voting, electing someone who is an outsider. Jimmy Carter was a lightweight on all the issues, every issue. Okay. A total dolt. I don't think Obama's the same way. Um, no, Obama is very smart, but he still does not have the experience. I think if you get... I, what experience do you need? To, you, oh, to run a country? <laughs> First of all, the, the president alone doesn't run everything. Well, no. That's why he well, has the, the advisors. Yes, but he has to have a good pool of people around him. Now, if Obama, and that's what Hillary would have. Yes. If Obama got elected, he doesn't have that, that group of people. He has people who've helped him become president, maybe... And then he's going to have to pay back all these people who are not going to have the experience that the the, the Billary people are going to have. Billary, Billary. is yeah. Edwards out of the race? No, or? he's not, and he he won't be. He won't leave because he lost his home state. Now this this is a guy who spent four years in Iowa and came in second, a distant second. This is a guy who comes from South Carolina, who won the South Carolina primary in two thousand four, mm-hmm. and came in a distant third. John John Edwards, and I'm not going to mince words, is a loser. And should just bow out. Should just go away. But he's I don't want. I do not want another yeah, yeah. southern accent in the White House. Unless it's you know, Andy Griffith. I, I get that. I, 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 but okay, Ben Matlock in two thousand eight. Matlock. He, he'll be dead by two. Uh, no, no, maybe Andy Griffith. I hope he's well. He's, I just saw him in a movie. He was in Waitress. He was very delightful. He was very good. Yeah. He said bastard. I know. That's, that that was like Matlock. No, you can't say. Matlock. Didn't he say something worse than that? In uh, he said jackass. Yeah. Or a word that. Why are we? Gonna, why are we saying that? Because you're just taunting him to say something bad. On no, no. Just did he use an S or an F word in the movie? I thought he did. I never. I, I, oh my I, God! It was Matlock. It's I didn't actually see the movie. Andy. I just saw oh. that one clip on YouTube of him oh. in the diner. Oh, by the way, it's a nice little movie. Speaking yeah. of speaking of things like that, did you see the other day that the Carol Channing was involved in a bank robbery or what? something? What? What? <laughs> she goes. We were robbed. 
Oh, she wasn't involved. She was. No, she was in the bank when the bank <laughs> got robbed or something. She can't say just milk in California, and we all got robbed. Oh my God! She's that's still alive. Well, uh, yeah, that's more yes, surprising. Yes, she was robbed. I'm still a virgin, unless <laughs> I'm greatly mistaken, and I'm not kidding. Oh no, no, she's no virgin. She moved in with her husband. <laughs> Wait, not the husband, not Charles, the guy she divorced and all no. that stuff. Did she meet another guy after that yeah. and finally get some action? I think so. Mazel tov. Uh, well, well, oh, sorry for poor Carol. <laughs> I forgot that. Diamonds are a robber's best friend, I'll tell you that, you know. Hmm. She, but she was like, and she was like, you had to hear the, she was like so incoherent. I don't know. Oh. She goes, we were all robbed. It was, it was crazy. I didn't even read about that, so yeah, it's, it's awful, but it's funny. You have to Google Carol Channing yeah. during the interview. With I'm anyway. actually, I'm looking, at, I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Uh, this is from... Uh, if there's YouTube on it, I can actually play it. Um, this is from uh, WBZT, which is a, the CBS affiliate in... Uh, California. Yeah. Singer and actress Carol Channing was one of the patrons inside a bank in Palm Desert, California, <laughs> when it was robbed. A man robbed the Washington Mutual Bank on Friday mm-hmm. afternoon, according to the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. The man handed the teller a note demanding cash, and the teller complied. He left with an undisclosed amount of cash and, and a lipstick smear. And was last <laughs> seen walking south in the parking lot. No weapons were observed. Did, did, is, there, is there a clip of the Carol Channing interview? Because they actually did an interview with her. Outside. No, just a... Well, yes, there is. Is there really? Is there maybe, a, maybe you can either point the mic at the computer or I can maybe try and find the URL. Well, right right now the there's computer. a nice 15-second advertisement for a ski lodge oh. uh, that I'm going to uh, try to try to go over. If you, if you can't, just pop my mic down for a second. Sure. There we go. Ah, Joe's finally quiet. We have two minutes left, by the way, in a little big time before we get to Dave's Gone By tonight and Sheldon Harnick, our special guest. Also... Um, Joe will go. be hanging with us. Police say the suspect handed the teller a note demanding cash, and then he ran out. Several people were in the bank at the time, including Carol Channing. <laughs> well, along with a lot of other people, I've been robbed. Robbed. We just bought a new house. It's really the first house I've ever had, and not a hotel. This is our house, and they robbed us. Uh, oh, but she wasn't. She was robbing a bank. While police investigated, the suspect is still at large. Well, I heard. I heard <laughs> there was a longer version of that, and she goes on. It was like really weird because she goes on. It's a really a first house, not in a hotel, and she's like. Then she starts going into me, 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 me. It's like, and we were all robbed. Wow! Wow! Uh, that's that, that's quite. Oh, poor that, Carol. It's there something hilarious about <laughs> the, the bank was robbed and included patrons, including Carol Channing. <laughs> I was robbed. Robbed. You were. You were all so cruel. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was, she's what, like 185 years old. Yeah, she does funny. like personal appearances. But God bless her, she was in the bank getting robbed. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, we've got we've been robbed of she our time. She was making a twenty dollar. <laughs> 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 they took my twenty dollars. I want it back. <laughs> I was snorting cocaine off it. <laughs> God, shameful. I, I certainly hope you ran that disclaimer before this. <laughs> the views expressed on the previous and following program do not necessarily represent the views of the staff and management of WGBB. But it does with Carol <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back in a minute or two or three, promise, with Dave's Gone By. You'll Don't be, go You'll be away. robbed.
From the heart of the nautical mile, you've been listening to AM 1240, WGBB Freeport, the station that killed Malcolm. Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! flamingos in a fruit fight! Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome, everybody, on this Sunday night, January 27th, 2008, to the 257th episode of Dave's Gone By on this fine radio station, WGBB. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. Hello, radio personality and all that kind of good stuff. And I'm joined not only by my usual guest co-host, Mr. Jeff Goodman. How are you, Jeff? Great. It's already 257. It's number 257. Yes. It yes. seems like last week it was 256. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? It doesn't time fly. And it flies because I have guest co-hosts like you and special extra, extra, extra unexpected guest co-hosts like Mr. Joe Salzo. What do you mean unexpected? I emailed you. I know, but I didn't, you, you never, like, confirmed or anything like that. You just like, oh, I might stop down on you Sunday mean, night. You mean my, uh, my people didn't confirm? Hmm. No, no, I guess not. I'm going to have to talk to my mom. And you have to be more serious, quote-unquote. Ha, ha, ha. Little, little serious radio I, you were there. I re- very little. Thank you. Radio. Thank you very much. I, I hate you so much. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, likewise. How are you guys doing, really? Seriously, did you have a good week? I'm a little tired. I Why love t- that intro. Oh, then. That <laughs> <laughs> just hates it. Well, oh, why would it? <laughs> this is the station that killed Malcolm. <laughs> you are really, really asking for a race riot, aren't you? He, just, he shot you the most hateful glance, oh, yeah. and it... He knows I hate those things. It's a glance I know only from my wife. So <laughs> you know I hate that kind of stuff when you do that. Oh, crap. Well, yeah, no. but that's what I do. Some of what I do. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Also, some other things of what I do oh. is review and talk about the theater. So we're going to do that on Inside Broadway, including a lot of not a lot of Broadway news. But Jeff and I went to see a show this afternoon on Broadway, a revival yes, did. of Come Back Little Sheba. And did she come back? No. Well, well, we'll tell, we'll tell, but it brought Esapetha Merkerson back to Broadway, which is always yes. a good thing, so we'll, we will review Come Back Little Sheba on Inside Broadway, and I'll be talking to a legendary Broadway lyricist later in the show, Sheldon Harnick. And that's two words, legendary. <laughs> With his legendary air, I guess. No, I don't know what that means. What? This is the man who wrote Tenderloin. Why this do is you the man say stuff like that, David? What the- Why not? Why wouldn't I? It's 11 o'clock on Sunday, you know. And we're very serious. All the thousands time. of people listening are hanging I mean, on my Sheldon every Hallick word. I mean, is probably going, why? Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hundreds of thousands of listeners. Our <laughs> unit <laughs> of <laughs> But no, but, you know, this is, this is a lot of people's way of coasting into the new week. They don't want the, the news is depressing. You know, this is, they, they get a laugh on a Sunday night, then they go to bed, and they wake up Monday morning with a hangover. 
That's that's the way it works. It's true. Like every, don't you know that it's been proved that half Long Island, half of every Long Islander listens to Dave's Gone Wild. Half of every Long which, Islander. But which which half? The better half. <laughs> the half that poops probably. <laughs> <laughs> but we are piped into the bathrooms of the best men's rooms in the, in Nassau County. The, uh, not uh, just the best, that's because that's back. classist. The best and the worst. <laughs> Classic. Which I'm I'm quite proud of. Anyway, let's let's thank our sponsors so we can get rolling and actually do okay. the show. Who are our sponsors, Jeff Goodman? Who are our sponsors? <laughs> what? They would have to be if they're I, advertising on this show. Caddy, he is so caddy. I know. He said who are? Who are? Sorry, I, uh, rented lips, as Steve Allen used to say. Who are our sponsors? That's a tough our. thing to say. Yeah. Who are our sponsors? Uh, you read who, who are, are our, our sponsors. Who are our sponsors? Not oh, easy. Not, not easy. You mean it's not easy? So who who sponsors the who show? Who the hell sponsors the show, Jeff Goodman? <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, you do. Hewlett Minuteman Press, the oh. copy kings of Broadway. They're right across from Lomans and next door to Loman Shoes. And 10% off. <laughs> oh. This is Jeff's thing. Why is that amusing? I don't know. I, it's a nice point of reference, I guess. If I, if I need to know where it is, I can just... You ask any, ju- uh, ask any Jew in the five towns, where's Lomans? Oh, Lomans! <laughs> It's next to Man Press. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good reference point. And please, everybody, refer to Hewlett Minuteman Press because when you go there, you get 10% off any job, big or small, if you mention Dave's gone. And if you mention me, you get 40% off. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> but maybe if you go to Fancy Schmancy Balloons... And you mention me. You get a nice discount. What do you get? If they, if they mention this show and they call Fancy Schmancy Balloons... We just charge them a little extra. <laughs> Because you know you can bamboozle them. Because if you listen to this show, you know you can get anything from them. That's right. Five one six seven nine seven three two two nine for all your party decorating. With the balloon kings of Queens, of, I don't know. Yeah, right. Five one six seven nine seven three two two nine. If you're having a party, you want balloons, you want centerpieces, fancy schmancy balloons, the place to call. Mortgagesrock.com. You know, well, you ask me the question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get rolling. Mortgagesrock.com, where you can become your own mortgage broker and make a lot of money. Yeah. More, and it's all at the website. You don't have, they have a storefront, and they also have real They're people lovely on the people, phone. but you don't even have to talk to the people. Nope, you can go right to the website and find out everything about being a mortgage broker at it's, Mortgages Rock. It's so today, it's all online. Yeah, and Performing Arts Insider, which is not, well, it has a website, but that's an actual hard copy theater magazine that has been around for 65 years, and Performing what is it Arts not? Insider. I'm oh, sorry? I'm waiting to hear what it's not. No, it's, in other words, it's not an online publication. It has a website, but the actual publication is hard copy, not online. And so. Dave will personally deliver it to you for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> if it saves postage, you darn well bet I will. Yeah, but who will drive you? Well, I'll bike it. Right. So, but anyway, th- there's a really great discount on it now. So if you get the, the monthly you subscription... 47 for- cents a week. It's great. <laughs> Actually, that adds up over the course of a year. <laughs> so uh, how much is 47 times 52? You, you do the math. 200 and something. I don't know. Probably, you don't save that much. That's actually a lot of money. You don't save that much. You save, I think, about $60 a 50 year. 50 cents a week is, by the way, $50 savings. Oh, is it? Yeah. All right. It's a Sunday night. My brain's not working. Anyway. Uh, um, I'm sorry. It'd be a $25 savings, right? And by the way, speaking of websites. we could save $52. All right. So it's $25. <laughs> I'm potting your mic down just so I can I can get this part okay. out. I, I want to remind everybody. Help me! Help me! I want to remind everybody that if you haven't been able to get to my website, Dave's Gone by dot org for a week or two, it's because 
um, a couple of the websites that I have are being moved to a different server. And that should be all done this week, and everything will be repointed. You can still get to the Dave's Gone By website, but you have to go to that old URL of hometown.aol.com forward slash Dave's Gone By. What? Instead of going to Dave's Gone By dot org, which pretty soon you'll be able to point to that again, and it'll be fine. Anyway, let's get right to the show. Got a commercial or two to do. We'll go to Inside Broadway, and then Sheldon Harnick all on Dave's Gone By tonight. Don't go away. Moby Dick, Ulysses, War and Peace, The Bible. Big freaking deal. If you want to read a real book, a funny book, try Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, a collection of comedies by Dave Lefkowitz, me, the host of Dave's Gone By. Each play is stage-tested and relatively safe for public consumption. Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, available from Holvo Books on the Dave's Gone By website. It's the great American something. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Actually, hearing that um, that Marriage Babies and the End of the World commercial that I did a while back reminded me of something, aside from the fact that you can buy the book, um, have some, some kind of big news that's official, uh, pretty much confirmed. One of the... Well, what? Is your wife Don't go there, Jeff. Um, I love going there. Who's I the know. daddy? I'm sorry? Who's the daddy? Who's the, yeah, well, no, I daddied the book. Number 47. <laughs> One of the plays in the book called Blind Date is actually going to be performed uh, again in New York towards the end of March. There's a small theater company that's going to be doing it at the Richmond Shepherd Theater at the end of March as part of a one-act festival. You know, so I, I'm going to get to see one of my plays up again. I, yeah. It's theater for the deaf and blind. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the copy of the book that you sold to me. Really? Yeah. yeah. He, actually, he actually gave me money to, to, buy, uh, the to buy the book. Yeah, the, did you read it or no? Yeah, I did. Oh, did you oh, like so it? So that was no. one of uh, the three that you sold? <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Oh, just interesting. Thanks. It was interesting. Okay, you can leave that. No, but... Um, I hope they play better. <laughs> I think they but read they, pretty well. Dave, I think we, on a serious note, yeah. we, we really have to, um, on a serious note, dedicate this this um, Broadway... This inside Broadway inside segment. Inside Broadway segment to Carol Channing and just hope <laughs> she gets over the tragedy that befell her this weekend. I, I, so just part of the house, you know. Yes, it's a first house. It's not a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> if people weren't listening like three minutes before we started when we were goofing off in the previous show, Good for you. Carol Channing got robbed in a... Well, it was the somewhere bank in a bank, robbed. yeah. But she came out in the, in the television, and the television reporter, we're, we're look, getting, trying to get this up on, on the air now. The television reporter, they decided that of all the people, don't, don't ask the teller who was robbed. Ask Carol Channing, who was in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, so she wasn't even in the bank? No, she was in the bank. <laughs> she wasn't, oh, oh, she she wasn't but she didn't get, they, she didn't really get robbed. You have to understand that the guy came up to tell her, passed the teller a note, the teller gave the, the money to this, this guy, and the guy left. And Carol's going, I got robbed. <laughs> we all got robbed. We just bought a house, <laughs> and, 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 and it start, and then turned into like the Carol Channing Odd News Hour. Well, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> Considering her, <laughs> Did you, can you find it again? Uh, yeah. I want to hear Carol Channing saying, "I got okay. robbed." Well, we have to have this on tape for a, a continual loop. <laughs> I got robbed. I got robbed. The bank, <laughs> my house. I have a new house. Meanwhile, she didn't lose a nickel. Carol, get over it. 
Mm. They'll still pay your interest. No, it's creepy. It's creepy to, when, you know, to be there. She's 80-something years well, she old. She probably didn't even know it because the guy was probably quiet and they kept everything uh, quiet. Anyway, while Joe, Joe is finding out, we'll save that for, for the end of the news segment. Let's get, let's okay. get to it. So, um, so in well, Broadway Carol. news... So wish Carol well. I wish Carol well. Inside Broadway news, Purple Haze... On Broadway's brain, the color purple is closing. It's announced a yeah. closing date, February 24th, at the Broadway Theater. And you know, Oprah actually announced it on her show. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well she's one of the main producers of it. Her money kept it going. Um, I, I Basically, I wrote an article about this for theaternewsonline.com. And I said what happened was they ran out of one-named saviors. Because when the show opened, the critics didn't really like it, but Oprah put a million dollars and all her moxie and muscle behind it. So you had Oprah, and then Lashans, who was the first star of it, won the Tony Award. It was, the, it was nominated for like 11 Tonys. It only won one, and it went to Lashans. Because it was that good. She, she was all right. And then when Lashans left, they actually got someone who really energized the critics and the audiences loved from American Idol, Fantasia. But then Fantasia's contract was up, and they couldn't get anybody in, and now it's... it's so Gross is literally dropped in you. half. I told you who they should have gone with. Who? Monique. Monique. You know, if they, but she couldn't have played Seely. She would have had to play a different no, role. No, I think Monique playing Seely, you just got her to die a little. A lot, but anyway. <laughs> well, you know, half of Monique could do it on the weekdays, <laughs> and the other half could do it on the evening. <laughs> Nicely put. Uh, let's see. Hey, I want to just tell everybody that one of the off-Broadway theater companies has announced its upcoming season featuring Sweet Jane at primary stages. They've kind of gotten the jump on their Ooh. new season. So they're, go- they're going for the same usual kinds of playwrights. A.R. Gurney is going to have his play mm-hmm. Buffalo Gal done. Well, That's I like that show. He, you, you know it? No, it's oh, just kind of... Okay. Well, Gurney wrote Love Letters. He wrote The Dying Room. And this is a story about a TV star who goes back to her hometown after her career has waned a little bit to do a play, and then she gets an offer to, to go do something else. So that's his play. Also, Lee Blessing, very talented playwright, is going to have A Body of Water done at primary stages. That's gotten Which body of water would that be? I don't know. <laughs> but it's a cute premise. I hope it's the Pacific. It, it, it's about two men in a very idyllic s- setting. They wake up, they don't know each other, they don't know where they are or how they got there. And that's, that's the premise of the play. Kind of interesting. Hmm. And then, speaking of that kind of thing, Shipwrecked and Entertainment is going to be part of the primary stages season. Which is actually e- a lot of fun to say. Shipwrecked. And Entertainment. It has a K and an yeah. E-D. Donald Margulies wrote that one. He's the guy who wrote Dinner Ooh. with Friends. And it's an adventure tale. Ooh. Something like a Baron von Munchausen kind of story. Ooh. And then the last play of the uh, 08 09 season at primary stages will be Chasing Manet by Tina Howe, starring Jane Alexander. And just, just remember when Jane Alexander was almost kind of like a. She was never an ingenue, but, you know, attractive, fairly young. Well, she's playing a character in a nursing home now. Oh, well. Aww, Makes goodbye, me feel Fidel. so damn old, yeah? Goodbye, Fidel. That was the show she did. <laughs> was she, oh, yeah. Well, Great White Hope also. That was she, what she was known for. Anyway, yes, Virginia, there will be another New York Fringe Festival. Yay! The 12th already. Has it been 12 wow. years? Unbelievable. August 8th through the 24th, the present company will produce, be producing the Fringe Festival. Last year's Fringe NYC was honored by Mayor Bloomberg with the 2000 Mayor's Award for Arts and Culture, which is an award that previously went to Woody Allen, Stephen Sondheim, and the Public Theater. Um, 
I've got one more story before Joe. Do you have the Carol Channing thing ready? I'm actually on the official Carol Channing website. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Now, She's been robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Theater by the Blind is changing its name. They're now going to be theater bumping into walls. No, no, I'm not kidding about that. They're going to be, they're changing their name to... Theater by the non-sighted. Yeah, right. (laughs) Theater by the dimly cataracted. No, it's theater breaking through barriers. Is that awful or what? (laughs) It sounds like they're going to trip over, like, you know, stop signs. Well, you know why they did that? I realized because they get to be TBTB still. Before it was theater by the blind TBTB. Now it's theater breaking through barriers. They get to... They keep well. I guess they're logos. They don't have to pay for new logos. TB is a very popular <laughs> logo. Well, also, you know, they can't see it anyway, so they might as well keep it. It's the same bumps. <laughs> they can feel. Uh, but the, this, they say the reason they're doing it is because it, it hasn't just been about the blind. They've had disabled people as well, so they're trying to be more inclusive. Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't know why I found this amusing. I just did. Their second production that they have already done, The Rules of Charity, was written by a disabled playwright, John Beluso, who's also dead now. The play's action center... He's a little more than disabled, then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he, he's differently lived. <laughs> <laughs> the play's action centers on a man using a wheelchair, and the company of six integrated a vision-impaired actress and an actor with cerebral palsy. <laughs> God. As well as a stage manager working from a wheelchair. Uh, I, again, I don't know why. I just this concatenation of, of like frailties. Eight wheels in search of a plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and last piece of news. I forgot about this one. You want to do it for this one? Because men- I mentioned it before about Legally Blonde. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, Legally Blonde is going to do something tray unique. But it's on MTV, as soon as Laura Bell Bundy's contract is up and she decides to leave, it, Legally Blonde is going to have a, a, a national um, a talent search, I guess, right. on MTV. They're going to do a reality show yeah. to pick the next, le- probably not just the uh, the main character. To which I said, I want you to know, that when, 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 when Dave told me that, I went, oh my God. And he went, what? I said, oh my God. I said, what? I said, Dave, did you ever hear the, see the show? Because all she says in the show is, oh my God. Well, what happened, it's a show that made no lasting impression on me. I, I saw it, it was okay, and I didn't remember a minute of it after I left the theater. Although it's, I'm, I'm in the minority because a lot of the critics kind of liked it, and 12.5 million people watched MTV's airing when, when they showed the musical. So, there oh you go. Oh my God. I will say that Laura Bell Bundy and the original cast will stay with it. They've extended their contract until spring, and that's when I guess they're going to oh, do they're going to have a spring awakening. <laughs> Nicely put. So, Joe, do we have Carol or not? You know what? I, I've actually been so busy reading the guest book signings on her <laughs> website. <laughs> on Carol's I'll read one, and I, then we've got to go to commercial. Let me read the most recent one. Yeah. This is uh, dated today. Okay. 5.58 p.m. Is it from me? No, it's not from you. This is from uh, someone in Vancouver, Washington. Uh-huh. I have always enjoyed Carol. She has lifted my spirit, plural, more than once watching her over the years. I now hear that she'll be singing on a Dottie Rambo recording. I can't wait to hear it. Carol will make our spirits soar through the roof. God Aww. bless. Friar Keith. Friar Keith. <laughs> Friar Keith. Oh, yeah, and, and monks aren't gay and... and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but but come on, where is the, I've been robbed? Is, is, there mention, is, is there mention of her tragedy on the website? No, not, not on the website. I, I looked on the, the they actually have a news section 
I thought it was going to be like, you know, CNN feeds, but it's not. Uh, no mention of her uh, tragedy Aww. while going to the bank. Well, can, can we try and get that so we, we play it for our, our people yeah, that's after the commercial? After the commercial. Okay, go look for it. You we'll it. be right back after this message from Performing Arts Insider Theater magazine. If you love Broadway, Off-Broadway, Cabaret, Opera, and Dance, isn't it time you subscribe to Performing Arts Insider, the ultimate guide to everything on the stages of New York. Listings, reviews, box office, and production news, all at 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners. To subscribe or get a sample issue, call 516-295-1511, 295-1511, or see PerformingArtsInsider.com. Including Carol Channing. Well, along with a lot of other people, I've been robbed. Robbed. We just bought a new house. It's really the first house I've ever had, and not a hotel. This is our house, and they robbed us. <laughs> our house, and they've robbed us on our street. Our house. Oh, poor Carol. Oh, well. Oh, well. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Inside Broadway on Dave's Gone By tonight. On this 27th of January, we're going to have Sheldon Harnick on in just a few minutes. But first, Jeff and I went to the theater this afternoon, and we went to a matinee of Comeback Little Sheba. A 2 o'clock matinee. 2 o'clock, yeah, rare Sunday afternoon, because usually they start at 3 o'clock, and that's why I grabbed this one. But... um, what did you think of Comeback Little Sheba, the revival? I thought we were robbed. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially since I don't think we paid to get in. No, but yeah, no, I I I love Esther Markinson. Every time she, she plays the lead character, yeah, yeah. she's she's uh, Lulu or something. What was Lola. Lola, and and she's she's wonderful. And it's it's just I think a day to drama. It's a 1950s melodrama. Yeah. Oh, there and we go. Your your mic was being kind of odd. Can you talk a little closer, like? Yes, I can. There Dave. we go. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> no, and we got well, that. And, and it was the 19th. Why is it dated? What's dated about it? Well, considering it's 40, 50, 60 years old. So is Long Day's Journey into Night. I know. So but it's, it, it's about... So it's Medea. You know. it, it, it's about the evils of the, the, the liquor. Yeah, okay. But that's about it. I mean, it's really... You know, no, it's no, character it's just about her. It's not about him. It's a character study, but it's also how people are misunderstood and how liquor really... You know, and, and everything that, that's wrong with everything has to do with liquor. And it, it all liquor, comes back I, I, to I never booze. touched her. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> what did you think of Kevin Anderson? I liked his performance. I thought for alcoholic He was good until he got a little violent, and I didn't think that that scene was... Really? He, yeah, I thought he... I, actually, he held back on all of his emotions up until then. Right. I thought even then he was a little held back. Instead oh. of just it, it letting go. I didn't, you know... I, lo- I loved it. Uh, you know, we were discussing intermission. In yeah. Act One, I really liked it because it, it was so held back and yeah. everything. Because it's a very repressed character. He yeah. hasn't had a drink in a year. And then all these events kind of... Well, surf- that you know of. You, you know, there is that moment when he's holding his forehead early in the uh, show... He's like, he wakes up in the morning, it looks like he's had a little headache, uh-huh. and you wonder, well, maybe he's been on a bender here. And, and also there. because when he, what he does, he always knows the liquor's there, and, and after he goes on his bender, he comes back and rep- has, rep- even though he's been on a bender. Yeah, he, bender, yeah. Bender? Yeah. Okay. Uh, B- bender's the character from uh, that space cartoon. No, Bender is. Oh, you're right. What's, where's Bender from? 
My mistake. I thought it was a bender, but okay, I was wrong. So I just love correcting people. Okay, as, as my wife was listening at home, will go ah, Dave, you again. So anyway, he was on a bender, and and even though he was on this bender, he actually he actually remembered to bring the bottle full back. He brought a full bottle back, and he put it in the same place where his wife would look for it. Yeah. So I only so it just means that he maybe he's done it before, and she oh. just has oh, nice nice catch there. I, I didn't see that. I don't know. I, I I thought it was an okay, serviceable play. Still, the old fashionedness didn't bother me. I, I I didn't didn't bug me that it was older or that it was familiar territory, because I think the emotions were valid. And had I not read a couple of or had guests on this program who were either alcoholics or were married to alcoholics, I would not have really known about how you can go into an incredibly violent rage and not remember it. I would, have, I would have thought it was theatrical, and I wouldn't have bought it. I wouldn't have believed it. That he could wake up and not remember that he attacks her with a hatchet. <laughs> well, that's another weird thing, too. He goes outside, picks up a hatchet, and is like, oh, no, it's hatchet time. <laughs> it's like Jack Nicholson and he was acts, shining. And acts as a, a picture. <laughs> well, no, that, that was pretty effective, I thought. But I wouldn't have thought it was real, except I, I, we had Crystal Zebon on this show, and Warren would be incredibly, you know, he smacked her around, and he was... Brugal, and then he'd wake up and not really remember mm-hmm. what he did. So I would never have believed it, but that's actually true stuff from 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Or the fact of like um, that he could go on one little bender and be so horrible. And mm-hmm. we've had Peter Tork of the Monkees on here, and he would say, you know, if he took a drink tomorrow, he would be a full-blown alcoholic within a couple of hours. You can, you can be sober for 20 years and go right back to what you were. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that it was, to me that wasn't old fashioned. No, it's just, I, yeah, but it's still, it's, you know, it's I don't know. I just thought it went on. You know, hmm. it's like and it was it was not a terribly long play. It's only two hours and twenty minutes. Right. It wasn't like a three hour. Uh, it wasn't Nickleby. No, right, exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of I just I wasn't moved. Really, I wasn't I, touched. I think that's that the performances. I thought everyone did. The, even the small roles were done very well. Right, the male man. There was all these the wonderful nuances that it was directed. Well, I thought the set like design the was excellent. Said, yeah. yeah, would you recommend it? Um, if they got a free seat, I'd say go. If they, if they got a twenty dollars seat, I'd say okay. Yeah, for Esapetha or the thing as a whole. For the whole thing, I mean, you know, for Esapetha, you know, I like her a lot, but I'd like to see her do. I mean, I'd pay a lot more to see her in the piano lesson again. Well, okay, yeah. Or or in two trains running, or you know, it, well, or why well, it has to be an August Wilson? Can, or no, can but that's what I've seen her in. Right, I'd like to see her in Medea. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah, actually, yeah, come, that would be Esapetha. If you're listening, and I know you are. Yeah, but I don't think she's too nice. She comes, she comes, she's very sweet on stage. She comes across yeah. very likable on stage. Well, yeah, and all the, granting all the roles we well, no, but but I can't see. Her, I really can't see her doing the rose tattoo. Why? She, that character is very nice. It's a very sweet character. She's not Italian. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever religion you are, you probably like or maybe love Fiddler on the Roof. It's one of the great, great musicals of all time. Oh, what maybe a great transition. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, no, no, no. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't have it up anymore. I've been around. You don't have, oh, that's a shame. You should take some Viagra joke. <laughs> Anywho... You. I just love the fact that a bank gets robbed and Carol Channing thinks she personally has been robbed. And then the news stories become about her new house. house. I know, I know. But, but enough of that. Okay. On to Fiddler and Fiorello and Tenderloin. And someone and the who I'm sure feels Carol's pain. 
what, what kind of segue is that? How would Sheldon yeah. Harnick feel Carol's pain? I think Sheldon Shel- Harnick is probably very upset that Carol Channing got robbed. Yeah. Even though she didn't really get robbed. Yeah, okay. Her bank. Got, well, I bank is a, I bank at Washington Mutual, so I, in essence, got robbed right along with Carol Channing. <laughs> Did you know she just bought a new house? I. <laughs> I'm going to ask her if I can move in because someone robbed me. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible oh. people, all of you. Yeah, but that's what we do on Dave's Gone By. We do terrible jokes inside Broadway. And now we're going outside Broadway. Shameless. We've just been inside Broadway, thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By on this Sunday evening, and we're thinking theatrically and thinking musically here with someone who's responsible for some of the best musicals ever in the history of Broadway. And I do not say that at all lightly. And um, I'm not even going to do a long intro here because I want to spend more time talking to Sheldon Harnick than talking about him. So Sheldon Harnick, welcome to the Daverhood. Thank you for those very kind words. Well, I mean, come on, Fiorello and, and She Loves Me and, of course, Fiddler on the Roof. It, it wouldn't quite be the same history of musical theater without those shows. I have to admit they are good shows. <laughs> even, even with modesty, what, what can you say about Fiddler on the Roof? There's no way to be immodest about it. And, and, and She Loves Me as well and some of the other stuff. But let, let's, let's, um, let's get back to sort of the beginnings of how you got started doing that all, which was mainly through the review circuit, if I'm correct. When I came to New York, that's true. There were still the reviews. And uh, actually, when I went to Northwestern University, at which time I was planning to be a violinist, not a writer, Mm -hmm. uh, at any rate, I was contributing songs to the annual student review there. And through that, I met uh, a student who later had a career under the name Charlotte Ray. Oh, my gosh. We became very good friends. She came to New York before I did. And when I came to New York, she asked me if I would write her a piece of material. And I did. Uh, and then she was tapped to go into uh, New Faces, Leonard Silman's New Faces, and she was going to perform that song. It was called The Shape of Things. Then uh, Abe Burroughs saw her and pulled her out of the show, uh, so she was not in that show. But by that time, I'd met the producer, Leonard Silman, and he told me that they were replacing Charlotte with a wonderful performer named Alice Ghostly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And he asked if I had anything for her, and I had started a song. Uh, which was called The Boston Begin. So I finished it, and Alice did that. That was my debut on Broadway in, in the New Faces of 1952. Alice had that song, and I must say she stopped the show with it every night. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious. How come, do you think, over the years, that whole genre of musical, especially on Broadway, kind of died out? We really don't get the review anymore unless it's a tribute to one particular composer or... Um, I mean, we just don't really... What happened to it? Well, what happened, I, I think, was television. Um, especially at the height of the reviews, suddenly there were all these television uh, variety shows, Ed Sullivan and so forth, and they could get stars, and they could do topical material uh, every week, Sid Caesar, whatever. They could, they could do topical material, whereas with the review... If you prepared the material, it was maybe six months to a year before you could get raise the money to get the show on. 
So by the time you got the show on, you were lucky if, if there were any topical lines in it at all. Also, uh, the usual show could maybe uh, feature one or two stars, maybe three if they were lucky, uh, not nearly what you could do on television. So I think uh, the review became kind of edged out by, by what you could do on television. Uh, uh, what's ironic about that is that that kind of show, the, the variety show, has more or less, I think, disappeared from television. But the review has not come back. What does come back are shows which are like reviews. They have a theme and that they have uh, uh, numbers uh, which make it like a review. A, a show like Company, for instance, oh, my opinion, well, yeah. that, that's, that's kind of like a review format. Mm, that's already still within, feels more like a Broadway show, but I'm thinking the closest I would think is something like Secrets Every Smart Traveler Should Know or thematic stuff like Pets, yeah. where it's an entire show about pets. And some kind. of the stuff is, uh, still happens off-Broadway. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, some of it does. So you went from doing particular songs for particular kinds of performers. At what point did you say, hey, maybe I'm going to take a shot at working on a full-length musical kind of musical? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I didn't really write songs for performers. Although although I wrote a song for Charlotte, it was a song that could be done by anyone. And that's mostly the way I wrote. I had an idea for a song. And I worked on the song and then uh, found uh, where, it, where I might use that song, but it wasn't necessarily written for a performer. Okay. At any rate, uh, happily, my career began to uh, take root uh, as, a very, uh, as a, a, an accomplished, capable young writer. And uh, the big break for me came when um, Jerry Bach had done uh, Mr. Wonderful, with a writer named uh, Larry Holof Center. And I'm not sure what happened, but their relationship broke up. And so Jerry was looking for a new lyricist. Um, his publisher, Tommy Volando, uh, knew of my work, and he had me meet Jerry. We got along very well. And Tommy Volando accomplished the impossible. He managed to get uh, a producers who were looking for a songwriting team for a new musical, he managed to get those producers to hire Jerry Bach and myself to do that musical, even though we had never written a song together. I mean, that's extraordinary. Wow. And the show was called The Body Beautiful back in 1957, I think it was. And how did it um, do? Uh, it did not do well. Um, we, I must say, I learned a big lesson. The company manager of the show, uh, whose name I can't recall, uh, was we had a staff, there was a staff meeting, and mostly what I did was listen, because I was kind of the new kid on the block when it came to book musicals. But th they were talking about possible directors. The director they wanted to use was a man named George Schaefer, who had done a lot of wonderful work on television, some work in the theater. The company manager said, don't use George Schaefer. And I'm thinking to myself, why, is he an alcoholic or something? It turned out that that wasn't the case at all. What the company manager meant was, if you use a director, he should become involved with the show maybe six months before you go into rehearsal so he can really study the script and ferret out all of the weak places and do whatever he can to improve those places before you go into rehearsal. George Schaefer, as it turned out, was so busy, he was so uh, popular that he could not 
join our show until about two weeks before we were to go into rehearsal. And that's why the company manager said this is dangerous. But they chose to use George Schaefer anyway. So what we did, he came, uh, George came in more or less unprepared. We had our pre-Broadway tryout, and we worked as hard as we could, and we made a lot of improvements. But I've always felt that the show that we went out of town with, the pre-Broadway tryout, that, uh, the, or rather the show that we opened on Broadway with, uh-huh. that's the show that we should have taken out uh, on our pre-Broadway tryout. So we could have improved it from there. It, it was never quite good enough. And we ran about six weeks. Ironically, that's the second time I've used that word. <laughs> um, Joe Stein, who uh, wrote the book for The Body Beautiful, with a, uh, at that time his collaborator was Will Glickman. Joe Stein was honored by the York Theater, the little York Theater in New York. Sure. They did, on successive weekends, they did four of his musicals in concert readings. And uh, they had the season lined up, and then suddenly they lost one of those musicals. So they asked Joe if they could do The Body Beautiful. And Joe called Jerry Bach and me, and he said, they want to do The Body Musical. We burst out laughing. We said, but that was a big flop. He said, well, they want to do it. And we thought, well, okay, uh, that won't hurt. The audience who comes to see it, they're going to know it was not successful. Well, uh, they got the right director for it and the right cast for it, and it played wonderfully. It was after uh, It was about 50 years, I think, this year, it would be 50 years since it opened. We hadn't seen it in all that time, and it was such a wonderful surprise. The audience had a good time. We had a wonderful time. Oh, great, yeah, because, I mean, the York is doing the, the marvelous work when they do that, because the audience isn't going in there expecting a $15 million Broadway musical hit. They're, they're anticipating some really good songs in a book, or, or parts that don't work, parts that do work, but ultimately a good time in the theater from what was still considered at that point the golden age right. of musical and, theater. And they do a wonderful service by bringing to their audiences for five performances shows that did, maybe didn't succeed but have some element that's really worth seeing again, and that, that's a terrific thing for them to do. So you ended up still working, obviously, with, uh, with Joseph Stein. And well, what happened after The Body Beautiful? Well, the body, uh, I was ready to commit suicide after The oh. Body Beautiful. I thought I had my big chance. I blew it. And I thought, okay, it's back to the industrial shows, which is how I made a living. But um, Harold Prince and his then partner, Bobby Griffith, had seen The Body Beautiful. We met, uh, Jerry Bach and I met with them on opening night, and they told us that they, they uh, really liked the score. They had problems with the show as a whole, but they liked the score. And they followed through on that because uh, one year later, they were doing the show Fiorello. Um, and at first, they were looking for, uh, they, they, they didn't want a lyricist because they were approaching book writers, and they figured that the book writers themselves might want to do the lyrics. And that's what happened. Every book writer they approached said, well, yes, but I want to do book and lyrics. Mm-hmm. As it happens, they didn't care for any of the book writers. When they got to Jerome Weidman, he too said, I would like to do book and lyrics. They said, okay. So Jerry Bach was keeping me informed of what was going on. Weidman submitted some lyrics. And Weidman, of course, was a novelist. So that as Jerry described it, he said the lyrics were like small novels. He said they were as long as Beowulf. (laughs) And so what happened was that uh, Al Prince and Bobby Griffith said, Mr. Weidman, we like the sample book scenes you wrote, but we don't think you're the right lyricist. And he said, fine. Hmm. So at that point, they set out to find a lyricist. 
and they went to four different teams and asked them to do songs on speculation. I don't remember who the other three teams were, but Jerry Bach and I were one of the teams. So we had to write four songs on speculation, and happily, uh, when we played our songs, they said, okay, you're it. So we got the job, and Fiorello was successful, unlike The Body Beautiful, so suddenly I was, uh, I hate this term, but I was a marketable commodity, well, yeah. and so my career took off. And, and let me ask, a song like uh, Politics and Poker, so was that one of those that just, you were desperate, you needed a song? No, I 30, think the, the yeah. only two songs, of the songs we wrote on spec, two of them wound up in the show. One of them was The Waltz Till Tomorrow, and one of them was a strike number, uh, which where Fiorello leads uh, leads the strike of the garment workers. Uh, the other two songs uh, were dismissed. Now, Politics and Poker uh, was an example of how lyricists prey on book writers. Book writers write these wonderful scenes, and then lyric writers come to them and say, hey, I think I can put a song in there, but do you mind if I borrow your best joke? You know? <laughs> so... That's what happened with politics and poker. Uh, Jerome Weidman had written a wonderful card-playing scene, and I thought that should be a song. And I, I borrowed uh, whatever I thought could be useful for the song, and we were both happy about it. Yeah, well, whatever makes the show go. Absolutely. Uh, if, if it services the show, that's the main thing. Absolutely. I got too much on my mind to play poker.
like is out, I'm afraid he just wouldn't sell. Nobody likes a candidate whose name they can't spell. How about Dave Haggerman? Davey's too bright. Walt died last night. How about Frank Monahan? What about George Gale? Frank ain't a citizen and George is in jail. He's only 23. What about it, Peterson? You idiot, that's me. Was, was Tenderloin next? Or did you Tenderloin was next. Yeah. And the mistake we made there was that Fiorello was such a euphoric experience that even before it had opened, while we were still, I think, previewing, um, Hal Prince and Bobby Griffith and Jerry Bach and I and George Abbott and Jerome Weidman all started to work on Tenderloin. And not enough time. It's, it's almost oh. like the story about George Schaefer. We didn't spend enough time worrying about what we were doing and what, where, the, where the traps might be. And consequently, uh, because it was uh, uh, George Abbott, not George Schaefer, um, the show was better constructed. But when we opened out of town in New Haven, I remember we had a meeting after the show. We opened badly. Mm. And after the show, we went to the Taft Hotel to George Abbott's suite, and George Abbott, who was the soul of candor, looked at all of us and he said, well, gentlemen, I had a concept for this show, and it doesn't work. Any, any suggestions? And that was a turning point for me, because up till then, I had not really studied the books of the shows that I had done, Fiorello, The Body Beautiful, Tenderland. I had to study them. I looked through them thinking, where do the songs go? Right. And that was my job. But um, I had nothing to contribute to that meeting at the Taft Hotel, and I thought, I will never let this happen again. Uh, God willing, I will get more shows, and I will really study the books and try and anticipate where the weak spots, spots are, so I'll have suggestions as how to fix them. We worked very hard on Tenderloin, and it ran about six months. Oh, yeah. um, the way Bobby Griffith and Hal Prince budgeted their shows, they were so uh, smart about it, that the show almost paid off its backers. I think it paid back about 85 or 90 percent because it was budgeted so intelligently. That's almost but, a hit. <laughs> yeah. Almost a hit. But it didn't work, and, and the show is flawed and rarely, rarely gets produced. And it's funny that you can sort of say that and know that. I always wonder sometimes when, when you're out of town with a show or even writing it for Broadway, and you 
you think maybe you don't know until the audience responds, but maybe you do have a gut feeling sometimes that you know it's just not there. Is that uh, true? I didn't. I really didn't mm-hmm. with those shows. And uh, I don't think I've known in the future. But I have uh, lived up to that promise I made myself. I have gotten involved with the books. And consequently, the shows that we did uh, after that, She Loves Me, uh-huh. Fiddler on the Roof, The Apple Tree, The Rothschilds, the ones that Jerry Bach and I did, had good runs. They were, And they do get produced. Well, sure. I mean, uh, we'll get back to Fiddler because I want to spend some extra time on that, of course. But okay. uh, did you see the the She Loves Me? Uh, excuse me, the um, the Apple Tree a couple of years ago with uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, absolutely. We saw it uh, at the at the uh, uh, encores at City Center, and in fact, we did a little work on it. And then we were hoping that Kristen would bring it to Broadway, and she did. She had a limited. She could only do it for about fifteen weeks. Right. But she was superb. She's not only a magnificent voice, but and a good actress and an attractive woman. But she's a genuine clown, and there are very few of those around. So, and uh, aside from all that, she is just a delightful human being. It was just a pleasure to work with her. Oh, good. So we, uh, Jerry Bach and I, uh, were involved in the rehearsal process, and we did make changes. We made trims. We changed the line here. We changed, added a line there, and we were very pleased with the result. Now, that is so, I mean, when I think of that, and the fact that you guys, when I, when I say you guys, I mean Bach, Harnick, Stein, this, this triumvirate, triumphant triumvirate, if you think about it, are still... You're, you're, a, you're a natural lyricist. Thank you so much. Um, but that, the fact that you're still alive, which is a wonderful thing, why did you not, why haven't we heard that much from you all in the past 25 years? Well, I've asked myself that same question, but usually it, it's, it's because the shows that are offered to you take you in different directions. Joe Stein did ask me to do, uh, he asked me and, and Jerry to do a show. He wanted to do a show about immigrants to America. But at the time that he had the book, I read it, and to me it looked like a film, not a musical, so I turned it down. That was Rags? Now, it turned out to be Rags. At that time, it had a different title. He kept working on it, and uh, he got uh, Charles Strauss and, and Steve Schwartz, who did a wonderful score for it. But it, it evolved and became a totally different show from the script that he had sent to me. Um, we did get involved. Joe and I and Jerry got involved with another show about, uh, what, five years ago, and we had... Without going into details, the producer was more or less incompetent, and it, it, uh, it all fell apart. Oh, 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 come on. You've got to go into detail I, now. I uh, can't. I'll get sued. <laughs> if uh, I look in the New York Post from that era, will I find his name? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, we hope that eventually we'll be able to go back to work on that. Oh, my. If I live long enough. Well, can you mention the name of the, the show without that producer stuff? Or what? Yes. The show was to have been called Miracles. Oh, was that the Pocket Full of Miracles musical? Or was no, that Jerry no, this was no. an original of Joe's. Oh my gosh! Okay, based on biblical themes. But why can't you work on it without having that producer around? I mean, just work on it and try and get it to another. Oh, we pro- can, we can. But I think all of us have had other obligations that we've had to fulfill. Oh, sure. And mine will pre- will occupy me for at least the next year, if not more. I'm hoping that I have a long life, long I? enough to back to that and, and try and, and redo it. So, Sheldon Harnick, what are you working on this year and next, or, or now? Uh, well, a couple of things. 
my my current musical, which I'm trying to do myself because it's it's uh, I'm having such fun with it, uh, is an intimate musical, nine or ten people, based on the play by Moliere called The Doctor in Spite of Himself. Oh, okay. I don't really have another title yet, but I'm close to finishing a first draft, and then I'll see what I have. So that's one project. Another project, when I turned 80 some years ago, I looked in my files to see if there was one some show that really would bear reinvestigation. And I had done a show off-Broadway in 1961 with a, a book writer named Ira Wallach and a wonderful composer named David Baker, both of whom are no longer with us. We did a show off-Broadway called Smiling the Boy Fell Dead, uh, which is the last line of a poem by Browning. Anyway, I had four scripts. I read them all, and I find beautiful material in each one of them uh, that wasn't in, in the final show. So I put together a new script, and I gave it to my wife and said, what do you think? And she said, this is charming. Well, we had a reading of it uh, a year ago at a little theater in New Jersey, and it went extremely well. So that little theater has been trying to find another little theater uh, to produce it with them jointly in a full production. And they I just got a call from them last week. They did find that producer, so they're going to do it uh, either late this year or early next year. Mazel so tov, yeah. L'chaim to that. Thank uh, you. And by the way, when you say you showed it to your wife, I, I, you know, people might might be kind of curious that your wife, unless I'm mistaken, is an actress. She is an actress, and uh, wherever we go around, the, her, her stage name was Marjorie Gray. That was her, her real name, not her stage oh. name. Marjorie Gray, and whenever we go around the country, when there are real theater buffs and they they either recognize her or know that her name was Marjorie Gray, they say, "Oh, you did that wonderful version of Anything Goes that was off Broadway with Hal Linden," and on the recording she sang two songs, "The Heaven Hop" and I can't remember the other one. Uh, people know her for it, so she was wonderful. She, in fact, her career took her to a show called Tavarich where she played uh, one of Vivian Lee's employers, the daughter of uh, one of Vivian Lee's employers, and she and Vivian became very close, very friendly. Oh, wow. So she had a career, but when we got married, she chose to give it up uh, because she wanted a family, she wanted a home, she didn't want to have to be on the road. And what she's done instead, she's become, in my estimation, a superb painter, and that's what she does. Oh my God! As well as being a wonderful mother and family person. Um, cool. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In 2007, I created Shalom Dammit, Rabbi Saul Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour. It's a TV show by Jews, about Jews, and for everybody. It airs Wednesday morning, 7.30, on Cablevision Channel 20. You can also watch episodes on YouTube. Just search under my name, Sal Solomon, or Shalom, damn it. And God saw that it was good, and you'll see it's great. Hi, this is Sheldon Harnick, and you're listening to Dave's Gone By on station WGBB. Thank you, Sheldon Harnick. Thank you so, so much for being in the neighborhood tonight. And we barely got to Fiddler on the Roof and some of the other stuff that he's done. That's why we're having him back next week on the 258th edition of Dave's Gone By. More with Sheldon Harnick next week. You just can never get enough Sheldon Harnick. Well, he's so vital. I mean, you know, you talk to the man, and he seems like he's in 
his 50s. The man is in his 80s, which I think is pretty amazing. Speaking so, about people in their 80s. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to save that to the very, very, very okay. tail end. But we got to get to that tail end very quickly because gospel just walked in. So we got to get to the Gospel in the house. Yeah, gospel in the house. Everybody make room for Jesus. But we have two more minutes. <laughs> he's, coming, he's walking on water, approaching the board. David, stop it. <laughs> right now. Just stop <laughs> it and right, be nice. All right. So you do the sponsors then. Okay. We ha- well, we have... The, the Bravo of Broadway Performing Arts Insider that brought us the lovely... Uh, Sheldon Harnick, yeah. Yes. The lovely and talented Sheldon Harnick. <laughs> Go to PerformingArtsInsider.com for more information about Performing Arts Insider and a huge, huge discount for Dave's Gone By listeners on subscriptions. Fifteen cents. No, oh, no, no, no. A lot more than that. Now, what about you, Let Me Man Press? The, 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 the copy kings of Broadway. And Where are they mm-hmm. next? They're next to Lomans. They're next to Lomans Shoes. And across the street from the regular Lomans, 10% off any job, big or small, at Hewlett Minuteman Press. And where should people find out about financing for mortgages and other things? Mortgagesrock.com. Mortgagesrock.com. Yeah. It tells you everything. Mortgagesrock.com. And finally, if you're having a party... It just says it. Mortgagesrock.com. If you're having a party... It just says fancy schmancy on it, doesn't it? Fancy schmancy. If you're having a party, have a fancy schmancy party. And why should they? Because it's a good party. Yeah. And what should they call? 516-797-3229. Again? 516-797-3229. For all your party decorating needs, ladies and gentlemen. Sing it out, David. Ah, uh, fancy schmancy balloons. Oh, fancy schmancy. Come on, join me, Joe. No. Joe sells on with me. No. Uh, so. but, and you know you know what we do at fancy schmancy balloons? What? What? Quickly. We, you know where we bank? We bank the same place. <laughs> Carol Channing, <laughs> who just got robbed. Well, uh, do we have that? A lot of other people have been robbed. <laughs> robbed. We just bought a new house. It's really the first house I've ever had. Not a hotel. <laughs> this is our house. Yeah, Carol, it's not about you. I was robbed, too. Anywho, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. I've got to remind everybody a couple of things before we get out of here. We do have to, to scoot. Joyce, take your pregnancy vitamins. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, funny, funny. Really funny. Um, congratulations on your heterosexuality, by the way, Jeff. I, I had no idea. I, I always assumed you went totally the other way, but there you go. Anywho, shalom, damn it. Rabbi Sal Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour airs every Wednesday morning, 7.30 on Channel 20 of so it's worth Cablevision at Woodbury. That, set your alarm just an hour and a half earlier. Yeah. Or watch them on YouTube. Watch the first nine episodes. We've got some new ones coming up early in February of Shalom, Damn It, Rabbi Sal Solomon's Peace Loving Acid Reflux Hour. If you want to get in touch with this program and me... You right. can't because your your website is under construction. Well, the web, the website is still there. Just what, the website that points to my website is is under reconstruction. So, in other words, if you go to hometown.aol.com forward slash Dave's Gone By, <laughs> the website <laughs> is still there. Yeah, because you'll remember all that. Because Dave's Gone By dot org is is still in transition. It's there. in limbo. But give it it's another with couple all of the days. Dead children, they're in limbo. <laughs> like Malcolm. I mean, yes, <laughs> they were killed by him. <laughs> and write to Dave is gone by at AOL.com to complain. D-A-V is in Victor, E-S, gone by at AOL.com. Also, I want to tell everybody to, one of the reasons we were able to get Sheldon Harnick on this program is that he's taking part in a program that's put together by WLIW Channel 21 called The Jews of New York. It's been airing, and you can catch it 
this week, February 1st, this Friday at 5 on Channel 13, and then later on at night, if you miss it, at 10 o'clock on Channel 21, the Jews of New York and Sheldon Harnick taking part. Find out more at JewsofNewYork.org. Wudeng, he wrote Fiddler on the Roof, and he will be back, as I said, next week. We will find out. Is he Jewish? At least he wasn't the victim of a heinous robbery. (laughs) Remember that. That's because Cal Channing's not Jewish. (laughs) Remember at the hometown.aol.com forward slash Dave's Gone By website, you can hear 25 old Dave's Gone By episodes anytime for free, just anytime at all. Just click and find them. Also, catch my other show, Filler Up, Saturday evenings at 5 o'clock on this station, WGBB. Thank you so much. Saturday afternoon at 5. Sunday, what did I say, evening? Yeah. It's evening. 5 is evening. Early evening. Anyway, thank you to my beloved and wonderful... As he turns off your mic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I pocketed it up because, of course, you're 10 miles away from the microphone. Anyway, everybody, I want to thank, first of all, my beloved, as I said, adorable, great, amazing wife, Joyce Weil, my non-pregnant wife, Joyce... My very pregnant uh, guest co-host, uh, Joe Salzone. Thank you very much. Congratulations on the baby, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Mazel tov. Congratulations on your, your baby, too. Um, a mazel tov cocktail to you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much to Natasha at WLIW for, for her help in getting Sheldon Harnick on the program this week and next. And coming this up the week... Natasha. Now, next week is the Super Bowl. We will be here. I'll be live. But the week after, I'll be talking to New York Post sports columnist Phil Mushnick. So and he might be dead. <laughs> so we will be back next Sunday, February 3rd, I believe it is. Where we hope Carol Channing has recovered. The 258th episode of Dave's I Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. Jeff Goodman. And... Joe Salazar. Wishing you a good night. Miracle of miracles. I've been robbed. And gone by. <laughs> Young, strong, oh, I was something in days gone by. With some girl who just happened to catch my eye. Slim, straight. Light on my feet, shoes just skimming the ground. One, two, three, one, two, three, follow the beat around, around, around. All night circling the floor till dawn lit up the sky. No one younger than I in days. Gone by. And then I met Mrs. Marachek, and ever since I've danced only with her. I bet you think that's incredible. No. Young, strong, oh, I was something in days gone by. Marachek's a beautiful woman. With some girl who just happened to catch my eye. I could find the right girl. Slim. Light on my feet, shoes just skimming the ground. Fact is, I'm a terrible dancer. One, two, three, follow the beat around, around, around. I can do it with my hands, all right? All night, circling the floor till dawn lit up the sky. No. Younger than I am.